0: Hopefully not too if
1: Everybody's long. ready? I
0: think we're all on. For this, for this yeah, great panel? Elevated. Yeah, I think we're all, all right.
1: on. Mm-hmm. I'd like to welcome you on up? behalf of the Texas Tribune to the 6th Annual Texas Tribune Festival and to the Republic of Taxes with this August panel. This panel is supported by the Boeing Corporation Company. Okay. Uh, those sponsors and donors underwrite this event. They play no role in determining the event's content, panelists, or line of questioning. Um, I've got next to me Senator Paul Betancourt. He's represented Senate District 7 since 2015, Um, has taken a leadership role since then on on issues including taxes, and he's currently serving as chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Property Tax Reform and Relief, which will make recommendations to the legislature. Uh, Next to him, uh, Dick Levine. He focuses on building state and local revenue systems that meet Texans' needs with the Center for Public Policy Priorities where he's been since 1994. He's also Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Travis Central Appraisal District and a Chartered Financial Analyst. Then we've got chairman, uh, House Ways and Means uh, Committee Chairman Dennis Bonnen of Angleton. He's represented House District 25 since 1997. He has always played a leading role in tax policy, um, led to some very interesting discussions in the last session that gave people a good idea of what to expect. Um, he's also CEO and Chairman of the Board of Heritage Bank. Um, Representative Trey martinez Fisher of San Antonio. He's represented House District 116 since 2001. He serves on a number of leading committees, has been a leading voice for the Mexican-American Legislative Caucus, and is well-known in the Texas House as the man who can derail things at will. <laughs> and uh, a bill. some people are going to be a little bit <laughs> unhappy, and some people are going to be happy to, to miss him in the House next session. Um, so getting started, uh, wanted to, first of all, uh, start with what you all did in the last legislative session. Um, you gave uh, Texans a $3.8 billion uh, tax relief package. Uh, how many thank you notes did you all get?
2: A bunch, <laughs> because it was actually four over 4 billion when you counted the 200 million in occupational taxes that we gave up, So uh, and, and left that back in people's uh, wallets. So it was, Uh, that's a great start for tax uh, relief and reform because the franchise tax was welcomed by all the business owners and uh and the uh and of course the homestead exemption uh was welcomed by the homeowners too as well so we help business people that are are struggling with uh uh, in a difficult economy and we gave some money back to homeowners so i consider that a great session
1: do you think um chairman bond one of the things you mentioned uh, during the legislative session, when the tax discussions were going on, is you didn't want to raise people's expectations that they were going to see their taxes go down. Um, the people's tax bills have gone up, haven't they? Their property tax bills. What has the reaction yeah. been to the package among among your constituents? Uh,
0: they haven't noticed the property, the homestead exemption, because the reality of it is. Um, it's what I tried to get people to understand is that the only thing the homestead exemption probably was going to accomplish is that instead of your taxes going up this much they would only go up that much um, and so unfairly it gets washed out so people don't really see the impact as much because no one in my experience thanks me for my taxes going up eighty dollars instead of a hundred and twenty and that's largely the fact now mm-hmm. I do want to mention though I've had some local Uh, taxing entities, the city of Lake Jackson lowered their tax rate to the lowest it's been in 20 years. And so um, it proves back to the point that it's a local tax and that if the local entities are controlling the rate uh, in conjunction with where those appraisals are coming back in, they control that tax and they have the ability to lower people's taxes far more uh, more appropriately than we do.
3: Yeah, but you know, Peggy, there's, there's the flip side of it. Everybody's been hearing about how tight the state budget's going to be next mm-hmm. session, and they blame mm-hmm. oil and gas prices for that. And there's no doubt that, that low oil and gas prices have made a difference and made a difference in Houston and West Texas, but it's a billion or $2 billion difference. What we're talking about is at least $4 billion dollars that will not be available to be appropriated for things like public education and health and human services. That's not entirely a, true. Plus the $5 billion that had been going, sales tax money, that had been going to wherever the appropriations, the committee or finance committee decided. And instead, it's gonna go only to highways for the next 15 years. That's think, why the budget's gonna be well, squeezed. I think, I think Dick
4: raises a really good point. I hope that we get to spend more time on that. But uh, your more specific question about you know, a property tax uh, exemption increase and whether it was met with open arms by constituents and if we were given flowers and tips treats. And I mean, I think at least in South Texas, I mean, we had a pretty horrible storm event uh, this interim. And so when you look at what's likely to happen in the increase of insurance premiums potentially, I mean, any homeowner who pays into an escrow, I mean, they very likely did not see this property tax cut. Uh, and, and so, you know, most of the time, there's an imbalance where homeowners are writing checks to settle up their escrows uh, because of growth and insurance being one and taxes being
1: another. So, so if I, this I, disappeared, I, was it a good investment? I,
4: there's no question it
2: was. Now, in the select committee that Lieutenant Governor Patrick has me on, we have traveled the state. We went down to Harlingen. The average home price in Harlingen was approximately $85,000. It went from $85,000 to $88,000. So, that $10,000 reduction of value on the, home, uh, the homestead side saved them $129 per home. That actually gave them a cut in, in that town because that $129 kept the other, uh, offset the other increases. So, they were one of the areas in the state that benefited the most because when you give people back their money, it's a good thing. Now, uh, the other side on the franchise tax. Widely received positive because especially when we're looking at the energy recession on the west side of town. They actually got a cut in their franchise tax and it, it coincides with a really bad economy. So, well, I don't think anybody thinks that there, you ever do something you get flowers and you know accolades, but I've had multiple business owners contact uh us and are very happy with that franchise tax reduction and dick i'm sorry the fact of the matter is that sometimes you need to give back the public their own money they're the one that's giving you the tax money and when you're getting more and more tax money you should give it back to the public well but let me have a suggestion we didn't actually a, a, do that though no i have a
3: suggestion we so do that
5: people will but, but that's understand dick
1: respond to him yeah, that's and then right. and then, we'll, then you go yeah. chairman
3: Which is, if the problem is that people don't see the results of these things, there's something you could do in the notice for appraised value. That's a thing that you all get in April, showing what the appraisal district thinks your house is worth. And there are deductions. There's now a large $25,000 comes off the value of your home when you're figuring your school taxes. And cities and counties have deductions like that. It should show that this deduction reduced your tax bill by $129 or whatever it sure. is. Like when you get a you know, frequent buyer card at Randall's or something and it shows you how much you saved. That some, there would be better transparency and it would let people start writing you thank you notes. Because they really <laughs> did
0: pay less right. in school tax now, because but, of this. But, Dick, the issue I had with the comment you made earlier is that in reality, the only tax that we cut that actually reduced revenues was the margins franchise tax. That's why I was wanting to do even more. We're just spending $600 million to pay for the homestead exemption into perpetuity because the school districts still get that $600 million. And that was one of the arguments I was trying to make is that a tax cut reduces the size of government. We didn't reduce the size of government. You're still paying taxes on the local level, and you're still paying taxes on the state level to fill the hole for what we supposedly did on the local level. So right. we didn't take 600 million out of education. We filled that hole. We're still going to spend it. We're going to spend it forever. We're going to have about nine billion dollars from tax property tax cuts supposed since 1997. 16 percent of general revenue of the state of Texas goes to pay for that from now until forever. Right. And, and in
3: fact, it? if you remember, I testified in favor of it as opposed to a sales tax cut. Correct. Because I Which thought additional me. additional no. state funding. For I was, was happy. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, well, I know between <laughs> the House and Senate. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah that's right. But well, because we were in favor of the state putting more money into education and reducing the amount No, actually, check with my
2: successor in office, okay? <laughs> I guarantee you that, that he's more likely, as Harris County tax assessor, to get notes that says, thank you because I've got tax relief um, than not. But the point is, it, it wasn't that.
0: tax relief. Dick's point is, the state's now putting more into public ed. Right. We but, shifted but, the but burden Dennis, from tax locals to, to state. local
2: taxpayers. It is tax relief. It's okay. relatively speaking. Well, and when you're, And let's go <laughs> no, back and talk about this. Our lowest social economic areas of the state, $85,000 to about $100,000 homes, which really takes it, everybody from Trey's district pretty much south into the valley, okay? they That cut actually bad. did do something on their overall tax bill, not just for the schools but for the offset, even the increases they saw on the city and the county side. But I
4: think though, (laughs) to that point though, I mean, and, and to follow your thought, Paul, about giving the people their money back, I think if you ask folks, by and large, in San Antonio on South, would you rather have that $129 go in your pocket or go into a better road system or to go to a primary healthcare system that's gonna cover everyone when they need it or perhaps provide better schools, better classrooms, better parks, better mental health, pick a topic. We've now lost that opportunity to make those investments and every family on a neighborhood block could put that $129 in the same program it wouldn't go as far. A fact. But trade. The voters voted for it overwhelmingly,
2: almost. But why would they why? have ever
0: said no okay. to something well, like that? Well, of course I mean, they're <laughs> going to say no.
2: <that>. <laughs> because it's like, oh, great! I can get some money back. Absolutely, you're going to say yeah, yes. Okay. And so, therefore, they chose a priority. They
4: voted overwhelmingly. But there's favorable. no choice. It's, it's right. either what do you give There's it, no choice. They can go in and vote no if no, they want no, to. No, no, the choice is you vote to get the reduction or you don't. Right. What if you said you vote to get the reduction or you get better health care? The vote to get the reduction, or you get a better road. But I you, bet know, you that vote would be different. Or it's why Dick. It's reason. why or it's why Wait. Dick
0: surprised me. Or I'd vote for a sales tax reduction that of all the tax cuts we considered creates the greatest personal income growth which I think those folks you're talking about would like more personal income growth creates the greatest number of jobs being created over the next five years now the close second was and it's why I was excited that we got where we did on the margins reduction and the one that did the least in those areas was the homestead exemption
3: but you know if we're talking about voters voting on taxes because of the change in rules 10 years ago, almost every school district has to go to their voters to, to raise their school taxes. And the passing rate's like 90% this year, and over the 10 years that this has been a requirement, it's something like 80, 85%. It's clear voters will vote to raise their taxes for something they care about, and especially
0: they care about their which schools. Is, which is what Senator Betancourt, and I agree 100% uh, on, uh, right. is, is that there's no reason to bring that roll back down lower um, and allow those taxpayers to say that I agree with what my districts are doing. And, and you know, not to sound um, weak as an elected official, if I were on the local school board, I'd want, when I'm hitting a certain level sure. of, of increased tax, I'd want my voters to say, I agree with the direction you're taking us before that goes into place.
1: But right. now that you've <laughs> found some sort of
6: level of agreement, when you're looking toward the next section, is that when bad? <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm <laughs> ruin
6: your-
3: We need to do something. <laughs> <break>. <laughs> <laughs> time for a break. <laughs> saying,
6: we need some help. I see Senator
1: Rodriguez. We need a break. What do you see how, uh, in the
2: next?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: He knows how
0: to start a department at the state of Texas. That's, that's Senator Rodriguez. Can I, tell, can I tell my income tax story super quick? My very first race in 96, I've come a long way, I'd like to tell you. Um, a Democrat opponent was asked about, would you ever support an income tax? And he gets up and gives an incredibly intelligent answer, which I became even more sweaty thinking I, I don't ha- understand half what he just said. But I get up at my turn and, and said, I believe the question was, would you ever support an income tax? And they go, yeah. And I go, no. And the crowd went crazy and <laughs> cheered me. And I sat down. And he had a far more intelligent, more sophisticated <laughs> answer. But I gave the right one. <laughs> and we were done. So, Senator, <laughs> that's the challenge. we. I think you just got a compliment, Jose. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> so is that that's what right. we
1: can look forward to next legislative session? Is it going to be the easy answer that gets the cheers? Or what are you going to you gonna be doing with tax policy? And how are you going to be balancing? what you want to do with taxes against this tight budget picture that we're facing. I, we're we're not be, and and I'd like it. to get your thoughts yeah, about sure, what's sure. coming up as well.
4: Well, you know, I mean, I think looking at it next year from the outside, I mean, I think it's important, you know, oil is hovering at 40-something dollars a barrel. We have a structural deficit of 10 billion every year before we can get to meeting needs. Uh, you know, I think that it, it's, it, to me, it's, it's striking that we canned a franchise tax, brought in a margins tax, Folks like me said it wasn't going to perform, it doesn't perform, it's never been fixed and rather the solution is instead of fixing it, let's get rid of it. Let's keep chipping away at it until it generates zero revenue. Uh, all the while uh, you know, the needs for services have to go somewhere and so are we, going to push the, are we going to continue to push those services down to the local level and wipe our hands and say well we can't do it, it's not our problem or when we don't like the terms we say well we're not going to take the federal government's money or their strings." Uh, So from a tax policy, I don't think that continuing to cut or chip away is going to be the right approach. I think it's going to be how can we hold the line and make sure the state's getting the services and the resources to the people who need them. Well, but
2: And and
1: you want to tie locals hands a little bit tighter, don't you? Well, but
2: but see, but like uh, also uh, with Representative Bonham, Chair Bonham saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with a lower rollback rate if the public then goes out and votes for an increase. I think it's the ultimate local control. If I was on a board like that as a, to agree with uh, with Dennis, I, I would want to have that happen because then it's a perfect ratification of what your strategy is. It's something that I think liberals and conservatives should agree on, is that if you make a presentation to the public and the public votes themselves a tax increase, well, then they've just voted themselves a tax increase knowingly, Dick, at that mm-hmm. point. now. Oh, going back to the, the franchise. Can, can I ask, market. since you laid that
1: out, Chairman Bonin, do you agree that um, the rollback rate should be lowered? Oh, or absolutely. And you think, do you think that um, cities and counties, uh, as uh, Chairman Vetancourt thinks should happen, uh, should be forced to go to uh, voters for approval before uh, uh, I will passing agree something?
0: with you with removing the word forced. Um, because they have a choice as to whether they want to hit that rollback rate or not.
1: Forced to get voters for approval but, if, but, they, if they if they're hitting. But, that but no, rate. I
0: do think if they hit that number, they absolutely should. Okay, let me. Well,
3: you know, and, I'm and not sure everybody
0: that, knows what a rollback rate is. Okay.
3: So let me just explain. Do you need us or them. <laughs> 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 the Senator Rodriguez, say income tax. Is every year local government, cities and counties, and and. Um, community colleges and hospital districts have to figure out if their appraisals have gone up, if their property values, just not including new construction, have gone up, what is the tax rate, which would be lower, which will keep them revenue neutral. And from that lower rate, right now, they can go up as much as 8%. And if the voters do not like them going up more than 8%, there's a petition requirement and there's an election as to whether to hold it down to that 8%. And the proposal is to lower the 8% to something like 4% and make it an automatic election. Well, but my, wait, my argument, I have two arguments. One is there's an automatic election every time the school board and the city council and the commissioner's court come up for reelection. You get your chance to feedback whether or not you wanted your taxes raised And the other is, at least when the school boards have to do it and they get a 90% tax and 90% pass rate, you're just putting a bureaucratic obstacle in front of a governmental decision. Let the the governmental units make their decisions and then let the voters hold them accountable.
2: Okay, well Dick, first off, it's a decision that the taxpayers slash the citizens slash the voters make. I think that's the best place for it to be. Now, also too, we do have a rollback limit that's eight percent but it is you have to add uh new construction which in many jurisdictions is four or five percent Oh, but we also add first-time homestead exemptions oh but we also add about a dozen other things so an eight percent number can mean 12 13 14 15 16 growth out there so when we talk about rolling it down, we have to remember the 8% number was picked back in the Carter administration when there was a a, a serious inflation problem and we did have an interest rate and now we're in a zero interest economy with no inf- effective inflation rate. So when 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 chairman and I are agreeing on a philosophy here, we're not we're not starving government. We're instead of letting government grow at a at a double digit rate, maybe it's going to grow less than that. And oh then they can still go to the voters and ask for the money. It, it okay, But one you know,
3: quick. If, the, if the city or the county is growing at a double-digit rate, maybe their need for services is well, growing at a double-digit
1: rate. You agree with the automatic no, rollback, Chairman Bonnet.
0: I do, and let me, let me make this point. Um, I agree with what Senator Betancourt said, but there's another element to this why I think we should do it. Using my district to line, I represent Southern Missouri County and Matagorda County, I think we need to shift the focus of our taxpayers off of being obsessed with what their appraisal is into what their local elected officials are doing. Dick makes a I'll good go point. With that. Ma- Dick makes a good point. So let me give you some numbers. In Brazoria County 35,151 appraisal protests were filed for the current year. 35,000, that's great. You've got no problem with that. You know how many people showed up for the tax rate setting hearings of all entities in the county? 60. So would it not be better to have a couple thousand people showing up, and then Matagorda County is just as striking, 2,421 people contested their appraisal when we had a total of um, five Five, showed up to the public Mm -hmm. hearing. So I think the reality is we need to help our constituencies better understand and better focus that where the rubber's meeting the road on your issue of your local tax is at that local board that is elected, Um, and you need to be interacting with them on those decisions. Don't just go, and I'm not against it, but you're not solving your problem by simply contesting your appraised value. Does that make sense?
4: Well, it does and it doesn't. Two points on this. I mean, number one, the one thing a state senator or a state representative fears is a popular member of the city council, right? That is the, that is, It, it jeopardizes job security, right? They are the closest Trade to the road. Jobs <laughs> only, the job's only worth
2: 600 bucks a month. What are you worried about? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. You seem to like it up here. So <laughs> right. I've yeah. only been here 18 months. I don't have to
2: be here the rest of my life. And, 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 so, <laughs> yeah, trust.
4: and we're going to work on the dress code for the next 18 months. We'll get you a burnt orange coat. <laughs> hey,
2: so, all uh, I'm trying to do is offset you tea sippers on an Aggie
4: game day. We, we, we put burgundy tape on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah <too laughs> About it. so, so, so listen to this. It's actually so I mean, Maroon, but don't worry. A, a, a very, popular city council person, you know, it's because they're connected to their communities. They are with their constituents more than they, we are. They are in the paper every day. They're involved. And, and so, you know, to, for me to start getting into the accounting and the books of a local government, and then I look at my job at the state and say, okay, we have a transportation policy that's based on a credit card. Toll roads was a solution for transportation in this state, we have a school finance system that since the time it was scrapped and redone in '03, we we've been in the courthouse. Uh, this is the same state budget that would put billion dollars in cuts and give children with special needs uh, no place to go. And so look, I-, I wanna make sure that we're not, you know, living in this glass house where we think we're doing everything correctly okay. and that we need to start getting and meddling in someone else's affairs. I think for the purposes of our job, for the 140 days that we have, let's work on our state policies first. And once we get that right and get that on a rhythm, yes of course we should lend a hand to local communities, but we should also do it, we shouldn't do it by rolling back rates or setting caps. We should say, you know what county, we're gonna get our state inmates out of your jail. We know you have to pay for it. You know what cities, we are going to pick up our fair share of road transportation because we're gonna defer and let you do it first. You know, once we start having a true accounting of what local governments are doing for the state, then I think it's fair to say, well, you know, we've settled up now, let's look at these finances. And until that happens, we shouldn't be in anyone else's
1: books. And Dick, you mentioned uh, local controls. The, the Senator has talked about the Senate Bill 1760, that the right. right number, mm-hmm. um, that, that prevented uh, uh, the 100 million, you, you put matter. a press release saying it prevented a 100 million dollar tax increase. Right. in Dallas ISD and in, in PolitiFact uh, gave you a true rating on that. It's <laughs> hard to get... a, a, a conservative <laughs> got a true rating that's right, on a PolitiFact. Right. I'm,
2: I'm amazed. No, no.
1: <laughs> but um, uh, actually, uh, there's there a member of the board there who is quoted as saying if it had gone to the voters, um, it would have uh, been approved, he believes. So is that really local control when you're stopping an issue from going to the voters?
2: The, the, the 60% number that was selected is the number that you can't get anything out of the Texas Senate on. You can't get a bill passed, you can't, even if a bill passed the House 100, 150 to 0. If you can't get 60% of the votes, you can't get anything out of the Texas Senate. It's the same type of closure number uh, that theoretically existed in the federal government. And, and I think that it's an important concept that if, in this case for Dallas ISD, they had a 12% appraised value increase. I just heard that from Chief Appraiser Nolan yesterday in a, a, another meeting publicly. The 13 pennies on top would have made it a 25% increase in one year in all tax bills in Dallas Independent School District. Every home, every business, everybody. Now, I don't think it's such a hard deal for the, the trustees to reconsider and say, instead of having a five a 5-4 vote to present that, we need a 6-3 vote to make a tax increase of that magnitude. I mean, I I can only ask my my successor at Harris County, what would happen if there was a 25% increase in every tax bill in the largest school district in Harris County? It would be an uproar. So I don't believe that it would have passed the public like that.
0: But, 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 I don't
3: but th- you should have given the public think, a chance to vote. Well, but, see, you did, they I, could, but that's, it wasn't the tax increase the vote was about. The the vote was about whether to let the public decide. But, I, but
0: that's where I think you know we struggle with what local control is, because the reality of it is that in in Novant Center Betancourt, the numbers are important individually, but for this issue of local control, the numbers don't matter. What mattered was that they simply said you have to have a sixty percent vote to do this, which a 60% vote of locally elected officials so where do you believe local control must you know where does it does it occur by having an initiative and referendum and on every issue you go to the voters across the district the state or whatever or is it that local elected officials are in control and I think that's what that bill did is it said local officials need to be in control and in accountable
2: but it's the same top-down guidelines we use in right. the Senate in the state it's and all well we did was apply and Wait, no offense right. to
0: the bill And it's one of the things that I was a little concerned, the bills being sold as some amazing savior to the problem. Commissioner's courts today have to have a six, every commissioner court's a five. Sure, three, five. Most city councils uh, fall in that same jurisdiction. So it wasn't even affecting that many local jurisdictions in the end because most all of them are hitting a 60% vote.
1: But that's uh, local
0: control because they're locally
4: elected. But but, but being fair, I mean, you know, when the Senate decided to go from two thirds to a higher threshold, I mean, when don't think
0: they're gonna go higher.
4: When do, school boards, <laughs> when do school boards get that ability to say, you know what, maybe that wasn't the right metric. Maybe we should ratchet it back. Or, or conversely, maybe we should make the threshold higher. I mean, they don't get that choice. So you can't say it's local control to the extent that we give you these rules that you can use. It's either local control or it's not. It's well, either that, you can have a fracking ban or you can't. It's whether you can have a plastic bag ban or you can't. A tree ordinance or you can't. You know, so it, it, it's almost like a certain kind of hubris to say, oh yeah, yeah, you can do things locally. But here are the state rules that you have to follow for local control. Right. and that's now
0: the they want to make the the world rule. Though. I mean, the Fed tells us what we can do. We tell the locals what they can do, and you know. But, but yeah, that's, that's, and that's and the food chain we live in.
4: And we, and, and incidentally, Dennis and I get along very, very well, <laughs> right. and we have these discussions all the time. So, right. yeah.
0: and yeah. neither one of us wins. <laughs> we go home unhappy. And we refuse.
4: We refuse to meet in each other's offices. We meet in the hall in the middle between of <laughs> the yeah. offices. Yeah. So if you want to know what's going on, that's we're on right. the one west. <laughs> yeah. you know, and we appreciate one that. One west, <laughs> yeah. for a few more months at least, and then I'm, yeah. I'm on a sub-lease from Dennis. And yeah. so... Uh, I may actually <laughs> let him come in the office. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it's not right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it just, it shouldn't be that way that we're going to have a true local control. Well, we're not, and we don't get to end around. And like he says, the feds do it to us, but guess what? We tell the feds we don't want your money. And file a
1: lot of lawsuits. Yeah, and we'll
4: file like gazillion law schools, lawsuits against you know, the federal government. Local city attorneys don't get to do that.
1: Now, let's let's uh, switch gears just a little bit, talk about the, the margins tax, the franchise tax. Uh, Governor Abbott said recently in an interview at the Texas Tribune he'd like to see further cut in the franchise tax. Um, do you have money to do that this time?
0: Well, no, she meant personally, Paul, (laughs) you (laughs) have money to do that. Personally, I I hope we do, but the numbers at this point don't look like we do. Um, But what I hope is that if it's this session or the next session, the first priority would be to further cut the margin staff. Do you I think,
1: agree you don't have the money this time?
2: Uh, it, it doesn't look good, but we were smart enough to leave money in the checkbook, right. which kept us from having to rush into a special session. Um, <coughs> and, 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 and there's no question that uh, it doesn't look like there's any uh, economic push on 40 some odd-ish barrels of oil at this point, so it's not like we're gonna have some windfall catch up with us as the session gets underway. And, and to Chairman Bonham's point, I, from a tax perspective, the franchise tax is probably one of the, uh, it's certainly the tax we need to do our best to eliminate first Correct. because it's poorly structured. It does not promote Texas businesses. It doesn't lead to job growth. Um, it's the one place where if you're losing money in a startup, you still have to pay big. Uh, so this is uh, something that I know that we both agree on right. that we should be looking at. But it's not like there's gonna be billions of dollars of sugar plum fairies in this next budget, mm-hmm. trust me. Um, it's gonna look, you know, much more like a, uh, uh, let's say, you know, an Ebenezer screws Christmas than uh, anything else at this point. But,
3: you know, don't forget, when you're talking about tax cuts, there's two sides to this. You'd like to cut taxes, but what are you gonna do without on this side? Right. You well, know, I mean, well, I 3K don't... wasn't fully funded. You know, we know what's happening at tuition at UT. I mean, the schools are getting squeezed. You've gotta decide if you wanna cut taxes, what are you gonna do without But I,
4: I don't know if, like, making further exemptions in the franchise tax is really fixing it. I mean, I well, no, no,
0: I don't. I mean, I made people mad last session because yeah. I said the goal is to get rid of it, so we're not going to keep exempting everyone out of it because that's counterproductive. And quite candidly, I'd rather lower, the rate. lower the rate. And,
5: and,
4: and you know, and, and, and being respectful, but unfortunately, uh, just the latest, you know, school decision on school finance really. We won. You know, took the uh, <laughs> emphasis out of you know, working on a tax code. I think for three sessions now, and in fact, I'll say this, he won't, I think Dennis became chairman in ways and means because we were expected to write a tax code. And the speaker needed somebody that he could count on that was gonna do a good job and take, you know, viewpoints from everybody. And we haven't had that chance, and so I don't think we're gonna get that chance, but maybe well, that's we're not idea. we're
0: not going to write a tax bill, per se. But I will tell you school finance is a priority in the Texas House this session. But my sense would have been if the Supreme Absolutely. Court said
4: you need a ten billion dollars for schools. We yes. the one person that would have been trusted in the House to ride that ship would have been Dennis. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't had that opportunity, but maybe we should take that opportunity to fix the tax system.
1: Good class, but you know. If <laughs> I, say, I think I think Trey, that
4: just got tweeted
2: somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think, but I
0: think we also I've been tweeted before. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But when you when you look at, and we're not here to talk school finance, but but Trey's right, it all becomes commingled. You know, when HISD is now um, a donator school, they're they're paying in. Um, you've you've got a broken system, and you know I represent districts that have been paying in from the day we did it. And they would tell you it was broken then. Um, So the reality is we do need to look at the whole thing. We need to look at that. Now, I want to be very cautious. I don't know what your point was, but I want to be clear. (laughs) (laughs) My point is not that we will then be raising or creating taxes, um, but the reality is we should. I mean, I said we won to be somewhat sarcastic because the truth of it is if you read the ruling, if you want to be simplistic, you can say, well, the state won. But if you read it, what they said was, we don't feel we should tell you what to go do the legislature which i know you like that concept with your local control but your system is broken and if you are responsible you will address it
2: but if if you you look at the upside of the of this of this ruling you can look at things like performance-based funding, look at the schools that have best practices, find out what we should do to incentivize best practices. Oh, can we actually implement zero-based budgeting in a state that invented it at Texas Instruments seven, you know, 50 years ago? Can we implement that in state government? And, and so why not look at that now, because we basically have that opportunity after this ruling. See, and I'm not but like you're our eye on
4: the ball, like that, right. that, that. that's the, you know, we don't have that kind of attention focus, you know, I mean we should focus on the issue which is the tax system. We start going down all these red herrings, you know, then we, didn't, we, we lose focus of fixing what's broken. And so we are used to making public policy via court decisions. We don't have a court decision to tell us to do something. But it doesn't mean that we let a biennium go by. I mean we should work on this. But if, right.
3: you're, if you want to focus on cutting property taxes, the place to look is in the school finance system. Mm-hmm. More than half of your property taxes go that's to, to that's the right. schools. The goal's always been that the state should pick up half the cost of public education and local property taxes pick up the other half, and we are nowhere close. Once upon a time, right after they rewrote 10 years ago, it got this close to 50 percent. It's now like 43, 41. If you want to cut property taxes, it needs more state money to go into public ed.
0: But I want to make sure that we're not what I called last session, my concern, a double taxation where you're still paying it locally, you're also paying it in sales tax or business taxes to the state level and, and you're paying the same dollars. What, that's what I don't want to have happen.
1: But right, but you'd you be do? paying
0: less property tax. It better work that's that way. Well.
1: What can you do with the school tax system in the upcoming session, given you don't have the gun of a court order against your head? What's, what's really likely to happen? You've got- Another study? Well,
0: okay. for, um, for the record, I hate studies. Yes, right. <laughs> no, I mean at sincerely, I I, hate I I passed a bill that yeah. said, let's study. Yeah. That.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dennis came to me and said, Paul, I hate studies. That's right. I said, great. Yeah. As long as you get my point that we need to look at this problem, yeah. he mm-hmm. said yes, and I didn't worry about that's it. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tremendous amount of activity in the Senate Education Committee at this point of time. You've seen the hearings. We're there eight, 10
0: hours, you know, multiple days. Which is a very long time for Senate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's even long for, for you guys. Know, mentally, we, you the one W
2: wing. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's, I think there's a really good opportunity for everybody to take a breath after the Supreme Court ruling, say, all right, what do we want in public education in Texas? But also, what do we want in charter education in the state of Texas? Oh. How can you have private partnerships with government that work well like in Spring Branch Independent School District? Um, You know, how does homeschooling feed into this? There's a tremendous amount of layers in, there's at least four major market channels to get people, get kids education in the state. And I think uh, parental choice is a big part about that. And we are really debating that on a constant basis, because once you set that goal, then you can figure out how to fund it. and I think there's some great ideas. Uh, uh, we had a tax credit scholarship bill that came out of the Senate. Uh, it was gonna start a $100 million pilot program to let businesses donate, get credit on their franchise tax or insurance premium tax. Um, I think that bill's gonna come back. So uh, we're, we're looking at a, a, a tremendous amount of options. and. Uh, And and of course, Chairman Taylor uh, is busy putting that report together as we speak. I'm gonna go
4: for the lower hanging fruit. I mean, I I just want a cost of education index. That's what I want to see happen, right? I want to know what does it cost to educate children today instead of the 1991 metric that we're using and amending? Well, you know, and so once we know what school costs for a rural community, for Brazoria County, for South Texas, inner city, you name it, then I think it gives us a sober and realistic view on what we need to do to make it happen.
0: But I also think that we have to address our school finance system. I mean, when, when Brazosport Independent School District continues to send millions of dollars out when HISD is now, I mean, I think we're fooling ourselves if we don't think when Austin ISD and HISD, some of our larger districts in the state are now sending dollars away, that we are not going to get pounded upon to address a bigger view of how we change the system. Sweeney ISD, you know, they're tired of sending money away, not having the dollars to operate their district while they're wealthy.
6: And, and, like and, so and let me
0: be clear, the, the property wealthy districts are, are dynamically different. Um, we're not wealthy in these districts because we have million dollar house after million dollar house. God bless those that have them. I'm not throwing a stone, I, You know, maybe they'll invite me in. But, um, but the reality of it is we're wealthy because we have industry that we're proud to have. But we don't get the benefit of that industry in our communities as directly as we would like to, and in turn, it it's, can make it harder for creating the job growth opportunities locally. Meaning, if I can't have a well-funded local school district that has the ability to do the vocational training, which we went through years of, of killing off in this state, quite frankly, we've done a great job of which was bringing a it back. Huge right. mistake. Right. Huge mistake. Um, but what they're telling me now is that I'm shipping dollars away, so I, don't, I can't rebuild my program as quickly as I need to meet the need that's happening. But the point is, when you have so many donor districts, you got to change your system plain and simple You've got to change at doing your system that? how
1: do you look at doing that this upcoming session
0: i think we need to talk about it and i think that we need no i don't think it's study and look at what sort of uh, thing. we need I to guess. look at sort of, w-
1: what kind what's an example of something you might want to look at
0: well for one i think you got to look at where's your recapture line
1: yeah
0: right
3: well you know I mean, another place and, and to look is That's what you have to right, that's
0: probably. one of the most obvious places You'd like at to change all but
1: but the first thing I you would, hear yes what would you like it to be
0: I don't know off the top of my head. That's something we got to look further into and understand better. But but it's something you got to talk about. But the first thing and you hear from HISD and from Austin
3: certainly is we're not rich. We have all these poor kids in our schools, sure. and there right. is an adjustment for the extra um, cost of bringing kids from, from low-income families okay, up. Wait, but that's out of date. Yeah. That's one of those Correct. things that hasn't changed since '93. But, you okay. change that, HISD is
2: no, no longer being recaptured. Yeah, but but when you look at HISD too, look. They, this has to be, everybody has to recognize reality. We're not sending the public really great confidence uh, signals by firing the auditor that's looking at the bond, two billion dollar bond proposal. and um, Or the fact is that Cashmere High School was on the improvements required list and still is. It's the only school in the state for seven years that high school has been on the IR list. Now, the board member that, that's in that area has been trying to fight to get resources from her own board for Kashmir for, for years because she was at the hearing. And and so it, it's not just a situation where let's throw money, let's throw money, we also need to look at what are we doing and why because I, as much as I res, as respect public education and HIC has a huge role in that, you know you have to recognize the obvious that firing auditors and keeping high schools, the only one in the state for seven years, Uh, you know, on the ire of the stick, that's half a generation of school kids that have gone to a school that have effectively no hope, it's IR, for seven years, half of their adult, I mean, half of their education life, and we have, that school district has been unable to change that. You know, And so,
4: I mean, it sounds like we all have different opinions as to where you start, Mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter is if we all truly care about doing something positive in our own opinion, I think Mm -hmm. the first step is let's quit, you know, spend in GR. Let's quit dedicating D- GR so that we have the GR to actually solve the problem. You know, because uh, we can spend a whole session trying to figure out what the problem is, but if we keep diverting $5 billion here, $5 billion there, that's the only place left to go to get real money. And really, we, we know this by cuts. When it's time to cut, the first place we go is Article 2, well, not Article 2, we go to Article 3. Uh, we go to the education budget. Uh, and so uh, we, we've got to be careful with
1: that. There's a lot of money dedicated already. Is it too late to stop? Well, you know, I think with,
4: with you know, Dennis and others uh, involvement, I mean, even if you look at the $5 billion dedication to transportation, I mean, the House said, wait a minute, we're making this policy because times are good right now, but if revenue doesn't match up from one buy in to another, we accelerate the re-review to make sure this is still a good idea. Now, of course, you know, highway contractors didn't like that because right. it's taken away their dedicated fund. But at the same time, there's only so much GR to go around. And if we're not going to raise gas tax to build roads, we're going to use GR for roads, and we need to make sure that you know we're doing it the right way and, and that we're going to be mindful that this could
0: change. But that's a good example when, when Trey mentions the gas tax. And I want to be clear, I'm not advocating we change, raise, or create a tax. But I would never support raising the gas tax because it's an out-of-date tax. I mean, we have federal policy that today says create cars that get better f- mm-hmm. fuel f- right. efficiency. So why would we continue to fund our roads on an out-of-date tax that we, that we have federal policy that hopes every day it becomes more out-of-date? So what are you but gonna here, do the, instead? Well, thank you, Peggy, that's a big question. <laughs> no, no, but, that, but that's where you have a trap in the state of Texas, because the trap is, I won't vote to increase that tax, but we probably should replace that tax. But if you replace it, you've now created a tax, and now we're all in trouble because we did that. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is we need a better way to have a consistent method for funding roads that is not based on an old antiquated system that we have laws in place to make it bring in less revenue every year.
1: So any chance you're going to step out there and, and advocate?
0: Because that's not the issue of the day this session. I mean, frankly, I think we need to be talking about school finance this session. I think we need to be talking about how to change a system that I would argue the Supreme Court was polite enough to not tell us how to do it, but told us you ought to do it. And I'm, I've, for the entire time I've been in Texas legislature, I've represented two districts that have been giving money in Robin Hood, and they're sick of it. And I don't know if we can change it where they don't have to give any but we certainly need to address that system. It's time we did, and, and Senator Court talks about into the details of HISD, don't take this the wrong way, I don't know the details of HISD, it's not my job to. All I know is I'm glad they're now recapture, because that makes it a little closer, because people don't care that much when Brazosport and Sweeney are in recapture, but they care when Austin and Houston are. Is
1: that so, true? Uh,
2: I think it it's focuses true. the light on the problem, but That's we right. have to make the, I guess, you know, uh, uh, adult enough to understand that the problem is very complex, okay? Now look, I want to see more efficiency in state government. I've been a big proponent of that. I've, we have tremendous problems with contracting. We've talked publicly about it on the Senate Finance Committee. Our IT projects are in desperate need of upgrade. We don't have zero-based budgeting. We don't have our major independent local governments doing zero-based budgeting. So if you're trying to put together a major deal on a short period of time, there has to be a recognition for the conservatives. Okay, what are we doing about efficiency? What's our target? What are we doing about choice? And then there has to be some recognition from what uh, Trey was talking about, is what's your cost per student and where and why? What are the reasons why you have a cost differential? You know, is it facilities? The fact we've got charter schools that are doing a great job of of educating uh, a lot of kids and they don't have an INS, they don't have a debt component in their structure, okay? (laughs) How can they do it without the debt component? What are the economics of that? We've got a lot of things to look at here. Um, and, and without, uh, you know, without, I mean, to summarize it, you know, so I'm glad that we're, we're having these open discussions because that's the first thing that, that came to me after I read the Supreme Court ruling was they said basically, well, the system's Byzantine, but it's up to you all to that's make right. a, dis- d- d- a difference in it. That's right.
0: Thank you. Well, and I, and I agree with Senator Bettencourt 100%. I think school finance reform is an opportunity to reform public ed. Um, I'm not in love uh, with the idea, I'm not against charters, but I don't think we need to be expanding charters until we've gotten K through 12 public ed that we're truly responsible for, reformed and better. Um, In in my opinion, and I've been saying this to people lately, when charters were put into place, I I viewed them more as being a pilot project to say, what would happen if in the public school system we went out there and basically deregulated and said, do it the way you want to do it. How would that work? What would what would we learn as the positives, the negatives of that? And we've never come back and said, what works in charters? Why are we not taking those valuable successes that they're right. creating and applying them into our K through 12 public that, schools? And
2: one answer that I'm gonna stop with, I hope the Chairman Vaughn himself is, I'm sorry, I don't think the city of Austin should be suing their taxpayers and, and in all knew. of the county because they think their values are too low. I think that code needs to come out because I don't think government should be suing taxpayers and then oh, saying, by the way, don't serve them. We don't want to talk to them. We just want to prove that they don't pay enough and then we'll t- give them an extra tax. And in the meantime, in the last year, you can't get commercial policies closed on buildings right now because they don't have the certainty of what the tax load is. That's terrible public policy, Dick. You guys shouldn't have promoted that. Okay. And Dick, if you want to give we a quick actually, response, let
1: me just say, and then we'll yes. go to questions. We are long question and yeah. answer session. If you have a question, Stephen, raise your hand and Stephen will... Go ahead,
3: Dick, sorry. As chairman of the board (laughs) of the defendant, we, we did not ask to be sued. And, you know, it's being argued. You shouldn't wait have wait. gone
2: to the press it's, conference when uh, they landed I'm going to
3: talk about oh, that. Right. But, you know, it's being argued in the Court of Appeals this week. So, yeah. I can't say anything okay, about it. so you're on my service. side now. It's a bad thing. No, I, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went to law school, Is <laughs> you learn, he's he's a lawyer he a who, who he's represents himself. Now, by the way, I look I more was. like
2: Sergeant <laughs> Schultz than you do. So, you can't say I know nothing. But, you know, the other
3: part and what I talked about at the press conference was this equal and uniform provision. And that's not really being argued this week. Can Equal and uniform is that a property owner can go in and say, you know, I may be way below market value. you the appraisal you gave me is way below market value, but it's still above, and these are the magic words, the median value of a reasonable number of comparable properties appropriately adjusted. I, in I other words, that guy's like comment.
1: me. I, I love this wait. panel. Do you mind if we get a question? One real quick, I'm okay. okay. Mm-hmm.
4: This issue, I don't know the details, but if we can have a liar's affidavit for selling used cars in the state of Texas. I voted against that, by know, the way. Why, why can't I, it sounds like this could be, this could <laughs> be resolved with, a, way. with a liar's scarring. affidavit. There. So oh, when, yeah, when, okay when sellers sell property, <laughs> oh, God, we know true. what the value is, right. they pay their fair share in a story.
1: Okay. Got a question? I was just getting started. <laughs>
2: Dead batteries. We'll hear you. Yeah, just, I guess the
5: shout rest, it out. <laughs>
2: I know I did vote for that. <laughs> well, my question is, um, do you see in the session coming up, any way we can maybe, uh, in and maybe change some of that? Because those guys are actually, you know, job creators. I mean, they're
0: businesses that have, like, service industry jobs, and- You mean, you mean the restaurants? People, huh? You mean the restaurants? Yeah. Restaurants. They loved it. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, they absolutely, they were the ones who were promoting it. Only half of them, because half
5: of them were <clears half of them, throat>
4: I mean, that, that, that's why I drink at home. To be honest with you. No, <laughs> I, I. Right, that's no, I, I, the right here. Yeah. Believe Believe it or not. Or or not you know, when, when Paul and I are at home drinking, about. Yeah, exactly. It's the
2: Catholics in the side yeah, of yeah.
4: You know, I think Dennis hit the nail on the head. Is I think I think that when that policy was being, you know, promoted, promoted, there were a lot of mixed messages, yeah. uh, from you know, and so sometimes that's always a lesson for industry when folks come in to make sure that, number one, you're on the same page, and number two, if you're not on the same page, we need to know that too. And, and I think you know, hindsight's 20-20, these consequences are what they are, uh, but I, I don't think this was the kind of debate that was being waged in 2013 when folks said this would make things easier for paper purposes, for tax reporting purposes, for comptroller purposes. So, uh, you know, so I think that lesson, you know, we could have avoided that with some better communication.
1: Another
5: question? Um, that's fine. I don't mean it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I think they want you to use it because they're, they, they're, they're recording. Uh, For their recording
1: record, purposes. Right. If you don't mind, thank
0: you. We can hear you, but they want
1: it on their Good recording. Good
5: Okay. Uh, I'm going to parrot Dick. But you guys collect, your recapture was $1.6 billion. You guys only spent $20 billion on public ed the state share in 16. So basically 10% of what you're paying in is being paid for by the locals. So why don't you just give the the recapture and distribute it back to the 1100 school districts and don't, don't use it to finance the state share. Raise the basic allotment and give the students more money. Is that a difficult
0: thing ge- to do? Give, how would we give the students more money? What You'd you raise the, the basic allotment. You mean give per student?
5: Yeah. yeah. Or you can come up with some other thing. I'm just, right. this is off right. the top of my head. And now, can well, I give
0: it back to the districts who sent it in? No. Right. You yeah. just, no, but all, but, <laughs> exactly. but all I'm saying is, I know, because to it. go
5: through that is, right. all I'm saying is give everybody back. You know, you're talking five million students, you got $1.6 trillion, no, only billion. <laughs> now I'm not that's, that's 300 bucks a person. No, wait, but, if but I, I want to be clear uh-huh. to your
0: point though, and I'm not flatly saying your concept we wouldn't do or isn't worth considering. Mm-hmm. But to what Senator Betancourt, I think more not to say you haven't said it clearly, but to more clearly, I think the better question we have to establish is, you know, everyone just says, put more money into public ed, just raise the average per student cost. What should that cost be? I mean, you know, that's the question I have. Where is that number supposed to be? And I'm not sure more dollars is the solution. I think I would like to see a better structured system with significant reforms so that our schools do have more local control and they do have the authority. I mean, back when we had problems and um, I guess, was it 13, 15, when we had to cut 11, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Chairman Eisler had a great bill um, and the problem I told him, the reason I wouldn't, uh, wasn't in love with his bill was that all the reforms he was putting into place kicked out as soon as we went back to the funding levels that we were previously at. And I said, you know, if we're going to put these reforms in today, they're good reforms, why would we undo them basically before they ever come into place? But I think we have to figure out, instead of the magic answer, which has always been the magic answer since I've been in the legislature, is just throw some more money at the, at the situation. Let's figure out what the reforms need to be and how much money really is needed to be there.
5: I don't disagree
0: mm-hmm. with you. Thank you. Right. Although, <laughs> yeah. but let me just, if, if I
3: understand what you're saying, is right now the, the state promises the schools are going to get a certain amount per student. If property values go up, the amount the state has to put in goes down. You're saying have the state Hold it steady. keep it steady, and then when property values go up, there's more for schools. Is that that's that's the point, right?
5: Mm-hmm. I would prefer mm-hmm. educating students so they can support me in the lifestyle, I would like All right, so you know that
2: having a a college degree gets you an extra million dollars per per student, and you like that. Uh,
5: Can I make a comment on college? Mm Would you buy a car that within six years
2: failed? Um, I buy a car, everybody buys a car within six years that needs repair. But
5: the average lifespan of a car is 10 years. Right, I agree, right, right. Higher ed, 60%, 50% of the students who attend public universities get a degree within six years. My thing is, come on, can't we do something to improve the success rate in higher ed?
0: Well, I'm not sure they're failing. They're just having a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, back to taxes. <laughs> <laughs> now we digress. Bigland,
0: yeah, no. well, big I believe. Is the no, and <laughs> no, in, in fairness <laughs> to you, I, I want to actually, on a serious note, in fairness to you, I have a community college it's exceptional. It's recognized nationally for its job training, Brazosport mm-hmm. College. And we have folks who come from Four-year degree. They get a four-year degree at an institution. And they come to Brazosport College to get a certificate, so they can get a job.
2: Manufacturing, I believe, Correct. right? Right. It's a great program. Which, which
0: may speak a little bit to your issue. Okay.
1: No, that's. Yeah. Another question. Um,
6: my question is primarily for Dennis Bonin though. If anyone else wants to weigh in, go ahead. I may be the one person in this room who's actually attended a tax rate hearing for a local taxing entity. Um, And my, my question is, you said you wanted to get people less focused on their appraisal and more focused on setting the tax rate. Correct. Now... I was thinking about this as you were presenting, here in Austin, that would require, if I wanted to do that for every single taxing entity, that would require going to five separate hearings on five separate days, figuring out the arrangements to do all that. I mean, I, I'm frankly glad I was able to make it to the city council and then Travis County is doing it this week coming up, so I may try to get to that. but. That's five, sep and there are other parts of the state where there's, you know, seven, eight, ten different taxing entities that you are under I- in certain places. Why would you create more authority in the areas where you have to go to five? We'll, we'll just say five separate entities, as opposed to reining in the appraisal system that, at the most, you would have you have to go to your protest hearing and you rein in the appraisal districts that way, that's one-stop shopping for all of the taxing entities in a given jurisdiction.
0: But it doesn't rein the issue in. I mean, the issue isn't your appraisal. That's the point. Yes, if the appraisal goes up, can your taxes go up? Sure, but the reason your taxes in the end went up is because the local jurisdiction didn't lower the rate commiserate or maybe even raise the rate. And so the point is, yeah, pay t- I'm not telling you don't contest your appraisal, absolutely you should. What I'm saying is where the issue really is that your taxes go up or down is at the local jurisdiction when they set the rate. It's not at the appraisal board. And that's a mistake we've been making for years. The reality of it is, if you own property, you want the values to increase. But our problem is, just because my value increases doesn't mean that an elected official should have the luxury, which has been going on for years, of saying, I didn't raise your taxes, and all people want to know is, well, who's responsible for this? I know I'm paying more, and I can't find a soul on the planet Earth that says they had any part in me paying more. So the issue is the rate is what ultimately drives that. And I would like people, and I appreciate your point, now there may be five local places i got to go go to, but I guarantee you, it won't be all left to you, if we have people more recognizing it's the rate that affects what I pay in taxes and it's those people I get to vote for in May or November that have that impact, you won't be alone in going to those meetings and maybe you can, I'm not being funny, split up your groups and some are at the school board, some are at the city, some are at the county and you don't have to do it on your own.
2: But but you're on the right track because because I know I've been to them, I see some people out in the audience that have been to them as well. In Harris County, there are 500 taxing jurisdictions that can levy a, a property tax. 500, it's impossible to go to all of them. No, but
3: any one homeowner only has five plus navigation and whatever. Let me
2: get through, I was, let me finish my statement. But then the average homeowner has nine or 10 lines on the tax bill now in Harris Mm -hmm. County. That means they've got 10 taxing entities that they have get an ad valorem tax to. There's no way an individual person could take that much time off to go to 10. You found how difficult it was just to do five, okay? Now, that's why I I think- You've only ever done one? Well, okay, well, uh, some of us have had to do more, but um, so Chairman Bonham's right with the concept. The tax rate is the last step before the bill is set. So I think it's a much better concept to look at the, the rollback and keeping that rate low. Right. And if they need to go to an election, they can go to Correct. a November election and get a, a rate, a tax rate ratification election. It's impossible to put people into you know, even a dozen tax rate hearings, it, it's just not, Something that's going to happen in the 21st century. But it's a great question.
1: Do we have time for another question, Stephen?
0: Okay. Two folks waving at you. Um, oh.
2: I really don't object to paying taxes because revenue's got to come from somewhere.
0: But what I object to
2: is all the shell games. Right. Uh, you leave federal money on the table for health care, and I pay more in property taxes for uninsured people in the emergency room you cut education, I pay more in local taxes for education. And rather than saying you've raised my taxes, you raised the value of my property. And it's all, you know, it's all a shell game. So when is somebody gonna take responsibility for actually funding the government and quit talking about small government and lowering taxes? Well, I'll just tell you that right now, the truth of the taxation sessions we have are an oxymoron. Yeah. They're not true because even a professional trained in, it can't tell you what the notice means and how much your taxes are up. We need to change those notices. To your point, I'm just gonna address it straight on. Look, we got a presidential election, I think it's 45 days away. We'll see whether it or is. not uh, Obamacare survives in the 2017 time frame or not. But I'll tell you this, regardless of the election results, we've got an implosion in Obamacare. We've got, let's see, Cignet, Oh, Humana, Aetna, they've all split, they're leaving the exchange oh, gee, the only person that stays in the exchange is Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, they've now said they have to have 58% more on their premiums, and even when they do, they say they're still gonna lose money. So part of the decision not to accept that money is realizing that the state has to make up the difference and the program itself is structurally flawed. We will have an Obamacare implosion regardless of the election in 2017, and when the major insurance carriers leave, and only Blue Cross Blue Shield says I'm, I'm here, and they have to raise their rates by 58%, that's not a good solution. You know, but, but
4: not expanding Medicaid is not a solution either, right? Uh, and so, you know, again, we can lose focus by you know, looking at the bigger picture, or we can do our job, which is we have Medicaid. We have the opportunity to get $9 for every dollar we put in. Whether it's structurally right or not, We're financing this state on a tax system that's not structurally sound either. But it seems to work for us. And unless and until that system is fixed, I want my nine dollars for every dollar I put in. I know that when Texas gets less than a dollar back in federal fuel taxes, there's a darn riot. But here we are leaving nine on the table and nobody seems to say it's a big deal. I think it's a big
0: deal. Big
1: deal? Huge deal. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Chairman, <laughs> in a simplistic discussion, sure, it's a big deal. But the reality of it is, I believe, um, and I don't mean this negatively. I didn't come to discuss Medicaid expansion, so I'm not prepared as I would like to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> apparently, trade yeah, it. Right. Yeah. But but real quick, you can and, bring a pool right here But, here. but, right. but my that. understanding is, by doing it in a more intelligent Texas way, we covered more people it for was, less. But I'm not able to provide you those numbers because I didn't come today, that's you know, what equipped believe, to do it. But, but we'll see. But that's what we hope we've accomplished. Fair Which I will give you this goes back to that local control issue. We quit, We wish they'd quit telling us what to do, and everyone below us wishes we'd quit telling them what yeah. to do.
4: Sounds like okay. constitutional conventions. <laughs> 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 that's, like <it>. that's, <laughs> another, that's another <laughs> camel, by the way. <laughs> that's
5: right. Convention of the states. Convention of the <laughs> states, oh, baby.
0: All yeah. right, can we sign we're you we're
1: <laughs> up? At <out> of time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you. You, you guys are great fans. Yeah,
0: thank, thank you. So much. Good